You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that only God has dominion over life and death in the Bible, and subsequently, the blood of earth mammals, including human beings, is strictly his domain. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. It's the end of the story of the flood, and again, I'm going to concentrate on the technicalities of the usages of certain verbs and nouns because this is how people hear the text in their original language. Like someone who knows English just makes connections on this basis. Very interesting that the first verse is clearly a Recall of Genesis 1, we have, and God blessed, which is a main verb in Genesis 1. But this time it is Noah and his sons, specifically. Plus, as we shall see, the addition of the rest of creation, which is extremely important. This putting together everybody and everything. Due to the story of the flood, Noah and his sons are the main agents, if you like, or heroes in a movie. You know, they are the main persons, specifically the sons and their wives, as we shall see and we have already seen. And he said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, which is exactly what we heard already in Genesis 1. So we have the launching again, not like full creation, but as we heard in the last verse of chapter 8, that everything will go back to normal, the seasons, the weather, the hot and the dry, and so on and so forth. And then in verse 2, we have a repetition, very interesting, which means it's of the essence powerful. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the earth, upon everything that creeps. And all these, very interesting, they have been delivered or given. We have the Passive of the verb Natan at the end. Nitanu, they were given unto you. Which means it is by decision of God that the human being is in charge, exactly as in the case of verse 1. That is very important to be heard again and again because of the anthropocentrism of the Greek mind and of the human mind, that we are just like that. 
in scripture it is never so. You are assigned and that had a very important impact on the New Testament where we hear again and again that Paul, the top man in God's church, was a slave himself, but he was assigned to be the economos, and it is through him that God worked his economia, which is the plan. So, again, I'm moving back and forth to show my hearer that we have the same fabric. The Bible is into parts, if you like, but it's of the same fabric. And then every moving thing that lives shall be fooled for you. The original is le unto food, from the verb akal, to eat. So here we see that we have the permission of God that the food would include also the animals. It's because in reality it is so. We decided that the authors are highly intelligent. If this was done, then it is done, and by God's permission, always, in the scripture. But notice there is a restriction to that, but we'll come to it. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Here again, we have already three times the verb give, Natan. The agent is God, and when it is in the passive, it is through God's permission. But in verse 4, interestingly, only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. It's a very important verse. Let me make a few comments about it. We have, first of all, the basar. Last time I said basar is the animal flesh, human being or animals. There is no difference. It's the same thing. And it's the generic singular to speak about the human being in particular. Last time I mentioned in Arabic, we use it, al-bashar, means the human beings. And then in his breathing, okay, and then damu. That's very important. Let me make an aside here, which I keep repeating in all my classes, but the students have trouble with that because they have been programmed by Plato, that the soul is something different, is divine. No. The nafish, one more time, it's the breathing. It's a sign of animal life. And the blood is also the sign of life. My classic example is when I invite my students to remember what they see on the TV shows, in crime and police TV shows. When a police person sees someone on the ground, they check the pulse, which is the reflection of the moving blood, and then also the breathing. These are, if you like, the signs of life. And that is why this area is 
untouchable because only God is the author of life in Scripture. Let me make a jump, which I discussed in my book, very important. There is why, whatever the people think about it, a woman that gave birth has to be cleansed because it is through her that blood was shed and thus loss of life. And I made my comment there that this is how a woman gives life through the rahamim, the plural of her rehem, the womb, by giving away blood, meaning it is through her life. It is very impressive. But again, the people fall in the trap to talk about the woman. And that really, it's getting at this age to drive me crazy. We want to speak either about the woman or the man or the children and their value and so on. Only one who is important is God. All the setting of scripture is to remind you of that. Meaning that life in its signs is touchable only by God. He takes away life. And that's why, as I keep repeating, taking away life in the Bible is a punishment. Remember, everybody dies. But it is when God makes someone die, okay, strikes someone unto death, it is a punishment. So this verse 4 is extremely important. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. And this is the basis of the tradition in the Quran and Islam, where a Muslim does not eat meat until it is halal, it is allowed. It means meat whose blood has been completely taken out. You have to let the blood flow outside. It's the domain of God. Very important. And this is bolstered by the following verse where we hear that for your lifeblood I will surely require the Hebrew is a drosh study, a reckoning. Very important. The verb is darash in Hebrew. Again, let me make a comment about that because it goes in two directions as two other verbs. You have to study the law, darash. We have the word midrash in Arabic, madrasa. But when the judge studies you, it is the same verb. We have two other verbs in the Bible that function in the same way. You keep the law, God keeps you. You forsake the law, God forsakes you. It's very clear in Jeremiah. So these three verbs are very important. They are the same verbs, but they function differently but in conjunction with one another. You study the law so that you would not be studied by God 
as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You should test yourself so that when God judges you, you will not be condemned. You can check on that in my comments on 1 Corinthians 11. Of every beast I will require it, and of man. For every man's brother I will require the life of man. It's very powerful. Whether you kill a human being or an animal, it doesn't matter because they are both basar. You may not do that, which means that you may eat whenever you need it, and this is classic in the Bedouin tradition where you eat some of the lambs. They give you wool, milk, and also meat, but you don't slaughter at will. Very important. You don't slaughter at will. My Mormon insurance man told me once that, you know, he hunts deer. He goes to hunt deer. And he makes sure that every portion of flesh is eaten by his family to feed them. And his comment to his children is, I am a hunter, not a killer. Anyway, it's a nice reference. Okay. So long as you need it, that's fine. But you do not indulge. Meaning that you should not overeat. Because if you decide to overeat, as we have here in our societies of consumption, then you just kill left and right. But this is not so in a setting of shepherdism where you have a flock. So please, once more, keep this in mind. Your reference is always shepherdism of the Syrian wilderness. If you hear the text within the context of St. Paul and Minneapolis, it is not going to work. First, you have to hear it in the original context to understand what the text is saying so that you can live according to the divine law in St. Paul and Minneapolis. Very important. Then we move to verse 6. The reason for that, whoever sheds the blood, very important. This is the shedding of blood. You know, in Hebrew, when you have blood, which is dam in the plural, it means the running blood, the shedding of blood. It's the same way as we have the mercy is the womb in the plural, the wombs. In other words, something that is moving in action. So there is a lot to learn this morning. Really, I am bombarding you with all these elements because the words are there and we have to really understand them against the original Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. This is the judgment of God through the judgment of human beings who are in this position. For God made man in his own image. Here people can go either way. That you may not kill someone because someone is in the image of God. The other one which I prefer is that 
the man is in the image of God that he can emit a judgment when he is in this position. And this reading brings to mind Genesis 1, namely that the human being is responsible. That's why later the prophets would really criticize the leaders. It's the kings and the princes and the priests that eat the people of God. That's how I would hear the statement that God made man in his own image. And then once more we have the reference to be fruitful and multiply. This is so much repeated. I think it is anti-Plato <laughs> in a certain sense that you do not have a multiplication of souls or drones. No, no, no. You have to go through procreation. You need two people to produce one person. And then we have that verb which is very interesting, sharats. Why I say interesting? Because it is the verb that we heard the first time used in Genesis 1, 20 and 21 in conjunction with the creatures of the sea. So here the author is bringing into the picture the entire universe, including the animals of the sea, because these were not mentioned during the flood. But to the ear, the hearer understands that the original total creation is continuing and it is still in purview of God. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.